Welcome to Growing Your Team, a podcast designed for small business owners seeking to grow their company with the help of employees and contractors. Your time is limited, which means growing and leveraging teams is essential for business success. The Growing Your Team podcast is the place to learn tips and techniques designed to help you know when it's the right time to hire, how to select perfect fit team members, and how to maximize productivity while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kuyk. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on guest Molly McGrath. Since the late 90s, Molly has coached, consulted, and directed presidents and founders of national organizations and over 4,000 law firms in executive level leadership, continuous improvement, and team empowerment initiatives to infiltrate new markets, leverage partner ecosystems, and producing profitability. Molly has 23 years of specific skill set experience in legal CMO marketing, fractional CEO, conversational intelligence coaching, team development and empowerment entrepreneur talent acquisition, Kazan leadership, root cause analysis, revenue mapping, and action-based project management. Molly is a national blogger, podcaster, and three times Amazon bestsellers list in the area of movers and shakers. Today, Molly and I are talking about how to really get the most out of your team. So after you make that great hire, How do you make sure that they continue to be the worker that you want them to be? Someone that you're happy with inside your company because they're producing at the level that you need and talking about how sometimes that's you that needs to change and not them. We talk about how to help your employees' mindset move from they are there to make you money They are there and want to succeed because when the business succeeds, they succeed too. So let's jump into the conversation. Hi, Molly. Thank you so much for joining us on the Growing Your Team podcast. Hi, thank you for having me here. Can you kick us off with telling everybody about you and your business? Absolutely. So I started my business, oh gosh, about 25 years ago. Um, hiring and empowering solutions. And um, our business is really dedicated to creating what we call entrepreneurs in the entrepreneur's world and really transforming the employee mentality and the employee boss experience. So we have um, been blogging since 2008, religiously, every Thursday, speaking about all things employee empowerment, communication, leadership, uh, best practice approach for both the employee as well as the quote unquote boss entrepreneur. Uh, we started podcasting two years ago, our podcast, Hiring and Empowering Solutions. And I am a, a three times number one Amazon bestseller in regards to um, a business and team development section. So I'm really, really passionate about um, taking an unwavering stand for a team centric approach and getting um, what we call entrepreneurs on the same playing field as an entrepreneur and really understand 
what it means and what it takes day in and day out to be a boss, to be an entrepreneur, to be a leader, uh, so they can kind of have a perspective and then come into their own and become what we call leaders, leading leaders. Right. I love all that. You know, as you know, like to me, people are like the backbone of the business. Like you don't have a business without them and you need to treat them well. You need to have these great cultures and relationships. Otherwise, you're going to be struggling. You can have the best idea for your business. You can be that great visionary. But if you don't have the team that you need behind you and the team doing what they need to do and supporting you in the right way, your idea doesn't matter. Your vision doesn't matter. Yeah, well, it, not only does it not matter, um, but it's very difficult to deploy because then it's wholly solely dependent on you um, as an entrepreneur, as a boss. And if you don't build a team-centric culture, that's when people, you know, I, the, the saying I hear consistently over the past 25 years from business owners when they call me is business would be great, but for the employees, I can't keep them, I can't train them, I can't, you know, they, they're... Um, they don't show up. They don't do their job. I need them to step up and lead. And I actually wrote a book on what it means to be, how to become an employee to step up and lead. Cause the entrepreneur will say that, but the employee has absolutely no idea what that means. And when there's, it's not clear, concise, well communicated, tracked and measured every single week, then, you know, it, it's irrelevant. It, that's where the frustration lies. Right. Oh, you're totally speaking my language there. That's what I say all the time. It's like your employees don't know what to do if you don't tell them what to do. Like you're responsible for leading them through the vision that you have for that working relationship. Yeah. And so often business owners don't know, they don't even know what they know what they want that, which in essence is for somebody to have their front, have their back to protect their time, to protect their energy. And while they're in sales meetings, working with clients and things that nature, right down to the receptionist. I always tell people, because there's a hiring side of our business, and they're like, I quote unquote, just need a receptionist. Like you understand that your receptionist is more important than you, because if they do not do an amazing job answering the phone and empowering the client to take the next right move in your process and in your business, your job's irrelevant because you have absolutely nobody to meet with. So when right. people say, oh, could just find me a receptionist for 10 bucks an hour, like that is your sales force. That's your director of first impression. You really need to transform your mindset around what that position looks like. Right. Oh, yes. I love that. And that's one thing that I help with majority of my clients is with hiring and uh, you know, so a lot of my clients, they're, they're hiring those first few positions. And typically one of those positions includes the assistants, the receptionist, the, those things where they're just like, I just need someone to help me execute the tasks. And it's like, hold on, wait, it's more than <laughs> just doing the task. Like what it, what makes up this person that you want? What means that this person is successful in the role? How does this role impact your business? Because if you don't know any of that stuff, you're never going to get the right person. And then you're never going to be happy with their performance. Absolutely. It's so funny that you use that word task because I, for the, I service as fractional CEO and CMO for a lot of businesses. And I have them eradicate that term completely from their vocabulary from their weekly meetings, things that nature, because they use the terminology task, but they interact with it like a million dollar project. 
So I'm like, there's really, there's no task. When you have the mindset of task driven and task oriented, then you have people that behave and treat everything like a checklist versus treating it like a global project that has project management behind it, that has workflows behind it from beginning to end. I don't care if it means how we process mail. I don't care if it means how we process in a, P- a PNC. It, it deserves and requires the same mindset and intentionality around it. Right. And I think you f- you just mentioned something that's like really important is most positions involve some sort of like project or process management, but it might be completely different based on that role. So when you're hiring and leading your team, you need to really understand what it means for that role and focus on that versus being like, okay, project management is the same across the board. I need the same project management skill set across the board. It's like, no, you need to focus on really how does it function in that role? Mm, Absolutely. And that's a lot of times people don't understand that this is one thing they'll say to me, well, I need to cross train all my people, or I need somebody who can juggle a lot of balls or that can multitask. I'm like, you're just taking the pressure off of you as an entrepreneur because you don't know how to train them. You don't have an onboarding process. So there is no multitasking. Even it's okay if they wear three different hats in the business. They're the administrative assistant. They also might be the marketing coordinator and they might also be the client care coordinator, whatever it might be, or they're drafting your documents, whatever it might be. But you have to, in the, you have to make certain that you treat each one as an individual job description, they have three different job descriptions. They have to have a time template that supports equal amount of time for each of those job descriptions. And then they have to be able to plan their work and work their plan. Because when you use terminology like multitask and juggle, juggle a lot of balls, it's, it's the flip side of the conversation that I get 30, 60 days in when they start their job to say they're unorganized and they can't focus. Well, who taught them to be unorganized and not focus? You, when you wanted them to multitask and right. juggle a lot of balls. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I always say, it's one of those things where you put too much on their plate and you don't tell them the priority, they're going to decide the priority. And chances are, it's not going to be the priority that you want. Something's going to get overshadowed and they're going to fall where they feel like their strengths are or the tasks that they enjoy the most and put the others off to the side. And if you don't correct the behavior, they're going to say, oh, well, they didn't correct it. So it must be okay. And then they're going to continue doing that behavior over and over and over again, because you told them it was okay. Well, you trained them that way. And not only that, but I love what you said is they're going to put put aside what they want to do. They're going to put in front what they want to do most. And chances are what they're spending their time on is the thing that they didn't get they, that they got training on how, or that right. they came with that skill set already. So, so often, you know, my favorite saying is so go the coach, so go the coaches. And a lot of times it's because the business owner the entrepreneur, the solopreneur does not have clarity on the areas that they need help with because it's something that maybe never had been done before in their business, but it's the highest priority and they're not willing to stop in the power of the pause 
and to take the dedicated time to dissect it and figure out what needs to happen to deploy it. And that's why they're remain stuck and or they can't up, up level and or leverage or optimize their business because they're giving their attention to the, you know, the thing that ha that is easiest to just get off their desk. So the entrepreneur is treating their business like a task from the start. Right. Yes. I love all that. You know, it's one of those things that I always say is, you know, to have great teams in your business, there's two parts of it. One, you have to hire the right people. And then two, you have to lead them effectively. Most people in this audience, they're really new to leading a team. Most of them have, when they started their business, they never had to lead a team before, or if they did, it was in that, that corporate world where they were just maybe that lower level manager. They, there were so many other people around them that were helping them and a part of that, that bigger culture that they didn't realize everything that, you know, leadership was responsible for. So thinking about like from that audience's point of view. You're hiring your first team members. You want to make, have this, this sense of team empowerment, people working together towards the same mission. What are some tips and advice that you can give those business owners? Mm, I love it. You use that word team empowerment. I actually have um, an eight-module program called the Team Empowerment Academy. And I created that 20 years ago. It's forever growing and evolving when the word empowerment wasn't even a street term. Nobody used it. I would have business owners that would say to me, what does that mean, empowerment? And now, you know, it's a household term, so to speak. Right. So in regards to team empowerment, you know, the first thing I would say is that you really have to sit down with them and actually communicate what that means. How would you track and measure what empowerment means to you. What does it mean? Because so often they'll give employees all the responsibility, but absolutely no permission and no authority to make decisions or to take ownership. So out of one side of the mouth, the business owner, but I just need somebody who will take stuff for me that they won't keep delegating back up, that they'll understand what it means. They have the ability to clarify and verify. And that's what I would say is step one is to really make certain either in your hiring process or in your onboarding process that you are very, very, very clear on what they have permission, responsibility, and authority to do, number one. And number two is that you train your employees if they don't already come with these batteries included on how to clarify and verify when you're training them, which are communication and psychology skills in regards to when you give them direction, I need you to go do blah, 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 blah. Because so often as entrepreneurs, our head's 15 steps ahead of our right. mouth. And so when you give direction to someone, ten, nine out of 10 times, you're given a five different directions in one statement. And until it gets reflected back to you, there's not clarity. So every time I train any new employees, I hire them, I will say to them, here is what I need from you. And then I have them. Now I want you to clarify what you heard me say and repeat back to me what you're going to do next. What did I just say to you? And so often when they reflect it back to me, I'm like, hmm, is that really what I said? Because that's not what I meant. Or I'm like, I know I said that, but now that you repeated it back to me, I actually want this. Or it's like, yes, and I also want you to do X, Y, or Z. Or they'll communicate where they can 
take it three steps further and come back to me. So I would say number one is exactly communicate what empowerment means to you. Make sure that you have your house rules of where they have standards in regards to where they where they have permission, where they have responsibility, where they have authority. Make sure that you have crystal clear communication skills where every direction that you give, that you make sure that you debrief after. You clarify, verify, they clarify and verify absolutely when you are done with that. And the third thing I would say is make certain that you stay out of communication ping pong. So often people will just start firing emails, firing texts without a, lot, a tremendous amount of clarity. What I teach all of my business owners and the team members, especially when you hire your first employee, you're so excited for them to come. And typically how it lands for a brand new employee when it's the first one, you take the junk drawer and dump it on their desk and you're like, you're okay, great. Fix all this stuff that I've been harboring since the day I started my business and I can't get to with very little direction. Refrain from that. Batch your things that you need. Make sure you have hardwired in your calendar a daily huddle at the beginning of the day or the end of the day to give directions, to give priorities, and then to debrief them and to just follow up back after them. Because so often that's the part where people start dropping balls. They don't have clarity and we get so excited. And really at the end of the day, the make or break of any relationship and hiring, you're hiring human beings, not human doings is communication in my experience. So you have to slow your roll, so to speak, when you first start and just make certain that you're really clear on what are your top three priorities you want this person to do in the first 30 days and make sure you put safety nets everywhere in your communication. So often entrepreneurs will hire someone and they give them zero time and attention. Like they're so busy, that's why I hired someone. And people will call me and say, I need you to help me hire someone, but I don't have any time to, you know, train them or onboard them or what have you. They have to come with, you know, they have to be quote unquote already trained. I'm like, they're human being. They need time and attention. So if you're not able to give that to them, whether they need training or not, they still need feedback. They still need mentorship. They still need leadership and they still need communication. Right. I feel like you said so much in there. So I just want to kind of like go and talk about like bits and pieces of it because there's, it was amazing. And so much like I'm over here nodding my head being like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. This is everyone who's listening. Like you need to really pay attention to this if you want to have a great team. So for starters, the thing that what people hear is not always what you said or what you meant to say. And that is like mm. something you have to like always work with is you have your point of view, you know what needs to be done, you know everything in your head, you're communicating it to someone who's not in your head, who possibly hasn't done those tasks before, even if they've done it before, haven't done them for you. So they're coming from this completely different point of view and they're not going to absorb everything that you're saying the same way that you're saying it. So there sometimes can be that disconnect and it's not that they're not capable. It's not that they don't have the skills that you need. It's not that they're not listening. It's just that sometimes it takes some time for there to be that connection for you to learn how to communicate the tasks and them to learn how you communicate as well. So to pick up those things that are like in between and that takes time. So don't give up on people right away because they didn't understand what you meant with your direction the first time.
Yeah, and usually it's on you for not being clear. Back in, I think it was like 2008, I wrote a book called Don't Be a Yes Chick and how, how to empower your employees to step up and lead because so often, and that book has 12 chapters in there and it is from each one is treated like a module of how to onboard your very first employee to your 20th employee. Mm-hmm. And in there, it's a, it takes a lot of the responsibility off of the entrepreneur for, so they don't feel like they're in a one-sided relationship. It's a way to really empower employees because so often they would just be a yes chick, shake their head, get their direction from their employee, and then go back to their desk and try to sift through their notes and they would be paralyzed. They didn't know what to do it because entrepreneurs are having seven different conversations at one time. And so you want to train them on how to take responsibility for the communication, for the direction, while also, so it's a relationship, it's a two-way street. I always have, before you hire anybody and or if you already have existing employees, have them take the Colby A assessment and the Strength Finder 2.0 assessment, which, you know, the Colby A is basically seeing um, how people are hardwired, their DNA, how they like to give information, how they like to receive information, how they process information, and how they take action when they're backed against the wall. The Strength Finder is a personality test, and those two combine. And there is a specific Colby and there is a specific strength finder for each position in a business. So if you're in sales or marketing or customer service or personal assistant, it would look very different than if you're in a backstage in an accounting role, processing documents, processing papers. It takes a different skill set for each one of those various positions. And so often people hire people that don't necessarily have the hard wiring for the exact position they're looking for. Right. And for anyone listening and wants to learn more about strengths finders, go and listen to episode 13 with Jenny Schubring on how to lead from your strengths, where Jenny is a, a life coach who deals a lot with the strength finders assessments. So you can learn a lot about it, strengths finders in that episode. And then also, if you want to learn more about your strengths or your team strengths, connect with Jenny. Yeah. So yeah, I, I love all that. So then moving on to like the the next point that I wanted to cover from everything that you said was don't dump the junk drawer on their desk. Like I feel like that is one of the issues that so many people have trouble with. And it's actually one of the things that lead a lot of people to working with me is they they hired tried to hire before in the past and it didn't work out. And one of the things we realized when it didn't work out is one, they really had no hiring process. So they just hired the person that they connected with, didn't do anything to make sure the person was right for the job other than, hey, we click, I'd like to have this person in my company. And two, they had no processes in place. So they hired someone thinking that that person was going to figure out all the processes and that person was coming in expecting the processes to already be laid out and it's just it was just this conflict of the business owner not feeling like they're getting the value for the dollar that they're paying because the other person's not doing the work because there's there's nothing for them to do yet they're they're trying to sort through things that they don't know and understand because they haven't been in your business since it started like like you have yeah so often when i hire people and they they'll call me they're like i'm leaving 
I've been sitting at this desk and honestly, I'm, they're treating me like a taskmaster. I can't get their time to properly give me direction or training. So when a turn, you know, when entrepreneurs call me, I'll say to them, listen, here's an exercise for you. If you want to figure out what your top priorities are for when this person comes on, pull out an old school legal yellow pad, whatever it is, right on the top of it, Monday. On Monday, just write down everything that you touched, the mail, returned a phone call, answered the phone, responded to 72 emails, whatever it is, and then do the same thing on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Now go take a highlighter and highlight the things that you absolutely suck the life out of you. You despise doing. It took you away from working in your unique ability in the top 80% revenue producing activities only you could do as an entrepreneur. Put them all in one document and there's your job description of the first things that you're going to train this person to do. And don't deviate from that for 30 days until they've mastered that. Right. Yeah, no, I like that. And I like, you just need to have things figured out of what you're going to have them do, the priority. Also, you know, think about like, the process of how you're going to to train them like if you don't have time to train on everything right away because you still need to be running your business you can't expect them to do everything right away so i know as i'm sure you probably do like these onboarding and training plans having to look at it and help people look at the bigger picture of okay what can you realistically train this person on in the first 30 days based on your schedule your availability okay what then in the second uh, 30 days, so before day 60, and then the 90 days, knowing that you might want them to do everything, but if you can't train them, they're not going to be able to do it. And then, of course, building in that plan of what are they going to be doing when you're not personally spending time with them, because you don't want them sitting around twiddling their thumbs, getting bored, and looking for a new opportunity that's going to be more exciting and more aligned with what they actually want. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, it really boils down to giving them the ample time and attention where you can be present. It takes so it is so much more efficient and effective if you can at least at a minimum when you hire someone and onboard someone or up level a new employee and or you need to do an employee performance review and you're trying to decide if this is the right person and if they're able to make it within your business, because you might not be seeing the key performance indicators, or you might not be seeing the value of what you're paying them. As a leader, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a solopreneur, you have to take full responsibility of the way that you communicate and train it first and foremost to do that deep dive diagnostic. So I would say, if you can just be present with them, slow down, and then be very clear in what it is that you want and chunk it out. Nine out of 10 times, I, in my experience, if you hired right, you can absolutely delegate at least 50% on your plate, number one. But the challenge, and number two, I would say, you can transform a quote unquote bad employee into a superstar. Because in my experience, it's the onboarding and the training, which translates to time and attention. Right. No, exactly. And I think like, okay, so there's so many important things once again there. And the first is you got to hire right. You got to know what you're hiring for because you can't hire right if you don't know what you're hiring for. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the other thing that I think is missed so much, and this is so important, one of the things you said is that you're hiring human beings, not human uh, doers, I think it was that you were saying. Doings. Doings. Uh Doings. Yes. And that is so important and something that people need to remember is that there's people on this other side that you're hiring. Most people think of it as I'm paying someone so that's that's it. That's the benefit. I'm paying someone. They're getting a paycheck. They should be happy to work for me because they're getting a paycheck. And it's one of those things of like, no, like you, and I always have to tell a lot of people, like so many people that run businesses and own businesses, they left their job to start their own business and go through everything that it takes to become an entrepreneur because they didn't Mm. like the way they were treated in the corporate environment or working for someone else. And I was like, if you didn't like the way you were uh, being treated when you were working for someone else, why are you going to repeat that in your own business? You have to value your employees. You have to see that they're people. They have lives. Yes, they have responsibilities in your business. They have things that they need to achieve in order for their paycheck to be of value for you as a business owner, to feel like you're getting a bang for your buck. But you have to remember that it's more than a paycheck to them. This is where they're spending a large majority of their week. Absolutely. They're weak away from their family. They're late nights to help you deploy a project. And so I I could not agree with you more. So often I'll get phone calls from people that'll say, you know, they should be lucky to have a job or I'm not going to pay this employee, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, great. Then don't, because guess what? Your competition will. Somebody else will. So if you, to your point, people spend, I mean, if you're going to hire someone and they're truly a great employee, they're they're empowered, they are vested, they take ownership and leadership, it's, it's way beyond a paycheck for them. And if COVID has not taught us anything, it's that, you know, people are starting to realign and they are starting to take stock of what's important to them. Right. And when I interview candidates, they're like, yeah, I'm willing to take a $20,000 paycheck cut, but it better be, I'm, intervie- I'm interviewing them more than they're interviewing me for their culture. I want to see their leadership. I want to see their mindset. And so often when I facilitate interviews where, you know, part of our process is I get on that first interview with the entrepreneur and I facilitate that on the zoom and when I hang up and the candidates uh like uh no thank you and I have to like I have to retrain the entrepreneur I'm like you totally screwed that up because you are communicating like this hierarchy you're not you are not communicating you're you're trying to sell this employee on your culture on your mindset on your personality on your tonality because people don't have to tolerate working for tox- in toxic environments anymore, regardless of how big the paycheck is. Right. Yeah, no, that is so important. It's one of those things where I always say is you can't expect more out of the person than you're willing to give them. It's a two-way street. And what you give them and what they give you back might look different, but you both sides have to feel valued in order for it to work. I was talking to someone just yesterday about onboarding, and um, we were going through the thing of you don't want your employees to feel like they are there to make you money. 
you want your employees to feel like they are there, they are a part of the process, they are valued, and they want you to make money because when you make money and succeed, they make money and succeed. That they see this, it goes back and forth. And they, but if your employees only see it as a one way street, they're going to leave. Mm. You said something so important. I, I will not work with anybody who does not have an incentive based compensation plan or some kind of bonus structure for their employees. Because to your point, they know how much money you get hired for. They know exactly what your sales process is, what your fee schedules are, what have you. And then they see that they're, you know, 80% responsible for pushing that file, for retaining the client, for keeping the client, for owing the file and things of that nature. And there's nothing in it for them but all they get from you is constant criticism or what have you. They absolutely positively will leave. Most employees can't see beyond their paycheck. Most employers screw it up by giving annual bonuses, year-end bonuses, what have you. I'm like, no, people live months a month. Most employees, most human beings, you pay your mortgage monthly, you pay your car payment monthly, put them on a monthly bonus that has very clear, concise, well-communicated, trackable, measurable KPIs, and they'll never leave you. Right. And I feel like that's something like, let's dig a little bit more into that before we start wrapping up today, because I know the pushback that some people will probably sit there and say, and you probably have advice for this is, how can I give them a bonus if they don't have a sales responsibility? Because a lot of people see that bonus, the commission of how they directly impact new business because they're bringing in that new business. It's directly tied to that position. But then you have a lot of positions that aren't directly tied to revenue. So you, it's harder to see their impact, but their work is still important. If they're not doing that work, let's go back to the receptionist example. If that receptionist is not greeting people properly when they come into your business or when they call in on the phone, people might never get to that sales process. So that person has an impact on it, even if they're not, even if you can't directly tie revenue to them because they're not closing the sale. So what's your advice for that of how do you give bonuses? How do you measure these bonuses if these people aren't directly responsible for sales? Every single position in your firm is directly responsible for revenue, 100% hands down. So you have to shift your mindset and how you look at, let's take the receptionist, for example. So often like, well, how, what that she, how she impact revenue. I'll give you a perfect example. I have a client that the receptionist forgot to put something on the calendar and the, they had a client appointment that walked into their office. This is an office that still has clients coming into an office during a global pandemic. And the potential was an $18,500 fee. So they lost $18,500 because the receptionist screwed up the calendar, number one. Number two, another thing that occurs when you have people that do book appointments and they call to cancel and reschedule and your receptionist is like, oh, okay. Let's reschedule your appointment versus being empowered with proper language of how to talk people out of what the impact is if they don't take the next right move in your process and if they cancel or reschedule their appointment. The average firm that I coach has a breakage point of cancellations and reschedules of around 8%. Prior to working with us, it was around 48.6%. So that's drastically impacts revenue. 
Right. So I love that. So for everyone listening, just think of that, like you might not see it as they're not the one actually closing the deal, but there's things you can measure that impact whether someone else in the business can close the deal. So figure out those KPIs of what to measure, what that person is responsible for, you know, make sure it's actually something that they can be responsible for. And you're not giving them something that's that's so far out of their job description that they don't see how they impact it. So if back to that receptionist example, and correct me, Molly, if you see this from a different point of view, is if you gave that receptionist a KPI of closing revenue, that receptionist is probably going to look at that and be like, but I don't close revenue, so I that's kind of a goal I can never hit. But giving her a KPI or him a KPI of keeping um, – the cancellations and reschedulings low, keeping, you know, making sure that a high percentage, whatever that percentage point needs to be of appointments on the calendar are accurate, you know, stuff like that, where that is directly within her control or his control is where you want to place those KPIs. So even though those KPIs impact revenue and allow the company to bring in revenue and close those deals, you want to give them the KPIs that they have control over and not things that they feel are so detached from their job that they kind of forget about. They ignore it. They are like, oh, that's that's not my responsibility, even though I'm being measured against it. Absolutely. It's very, it's very, very simple. So go the calendar, so go cash flow. And so every single Monday you meet with the team and the receptionists in there, we're reviewing the calendar, we're reviewing the PNC report. So how many initial contacts came in and what was the next move that they take? Once we found that missed appointment and when we start finding missed appointments, we start meeting every single week and look at that. There's no longer missed appointments. So you look at your PNC report, you're like, wait a minute, Mrs. Smith, it says here, that she scheduled an initial consultation for January 4th, but I'm looking at the calendar and there's no appointment there on January 4th. So you're able to find the breakdowns or you look at your PNC report and see 10 people called in, eight people scheduled appointments, but then seven of them canceled or rescheduled. You're like, whoa, 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 time out. What's going on here? So you have full control. People respect what you inspect. And so going back to, if you give them time and attention, you have dedicated time where you're reviewing what their job description is, which is a calendar, which is appointment, which is following the life cycle of a lead and the life cycle of a client. Right. Yep. I love that. That is, that's great. And just one thing that I'll share from my example. Now this is from corporate is you mentioned like meeting with that person and having those conversations is really letting them know why it matters. So if you're just telling your receptionist or your assistant, we need to decrease the percentage of people that are canceling their appointments, they might not necessarily see that connection. So you have to help them see that connection. I know, uh, so like I said, going back to a corporate example, we had this, this tracker that we needed our team members to fill out. The team members were always not filling out the tracker. Like I'd go to review it and there'd be so many gaps and holes. So instead of just going and being like, this is your job, I need you to do this. It was, I needed to start showing them what I was doing with that data where it was leading us, how that data was impacting the team. And once they were seeing that 
it wasn't just this busy work of them having to track stuff, that things were actually being done that benefited them because I had this data, I no longer had to go and track people down and asking them to go fill out things because they were doing it because they saw the value and how it positively impacted them for me to have that data. Mm, absolutely. And, and, and at the end of the day, I love what you said. You got to show them the why, the why you're asking them to do what they're doing. And then when it comes to a conversation where you see the bullet, you know, the loopholes, the potholes, things of that nature, why it's important. Once people connect the dots at the beginning, the middle and the end of their job or their duty or their role, and then they understand the why, you will never have problems again. Right. Yes. Yes, that's all great, Molly. Thank you for sharing all this wonderful information. Before we wrap up for today, how can people get in touch with you? Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You can go to www.hiringandempowering.com. And uh, ways that you can stay connected with us is just opt in. Like I said, every Tuesday, we drop a new value bomb podcast, very similar to this, all about hiring and empowering in a team set trick approach. We've been blogging since 2008 and you can um, join our blog. We drop a new blog every single Thursday. And you can also, as a, a, as a guest of this show and an attendee of this show, go to our website and download a complimentary ebook called Entrepreneurs in Entrepreneur's World, How to Get Your Employees to Step Up and Lead. And it really walks you through an eight-step process of how to get your employee out of employee mentality and entitlement mentality and into an entrepreneur mentality. All right. Well, thank you, Molly. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah. And one last question before we completely wrap up. We have all had leaders or managers that stood out to us. Think of the most impactful leader or manager you have had. And can you share with us one thing that made them stand out as that great leader to you? Yeah, absolutely. I love that question. So my, um, you know, I had a mentor that back in 1995, um, we started a coaching program when coaching was not even a street term. And I was coined as his assistant, so to speak. And I will never forget, we were at a national conference. I was talking to a client and um, after he was on, standing on the sidelines and after that communication with the client, he took me during the break of that conference, we went and had lunch together and he sat down with me and he poured into me in regards to, he said that I'm showing, I'm seeing that you are lacking confidence. I am seeing that you are lacking the ability to communicate and to get into other people's perspective. I am going to invest in you. Here's what I want you to do. He enrolled me into the landmark forum and the entire curriculum for living. And that was the most turning point in my life. So I had an investor who number one, or an employer who number one had the courage and the commitment and took the time to pour into me of what they saw that was missing for me to ever up level and growth. So having the courage to have the crucial conversation and not from a place of blame, but from a place of empowerment and coaching and leadership. And number two, they're willing to invest money 
into me and he consistently invested money into me where I was constantly enrolled in a growth program and a coaching program that he um, personally paid for. Right. And that's awesome. And that's one thing like as a great leader is you're recognizing who your great team members are and that the fact that they might not be great in all areas. So how do you help them improve? How do you help them get to that next step and that next level so they can continue growing with your company and being the person that you need them to be? Sometimes we, we need to make investments because mm. we are going, as the business owner, as their boss, are going to also benefit in the return. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, Molly, for everything that you shared today and coming on the Growing Your Team podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. Such fun. And that wraps up this episode of the Growing Your Team podcast. Do you have questions about anything discussed in today's episode? Or do you have other questions related to hiring and managing your team? Then I invite you to join us over in the Growing Your Team Facebook community. The group is designed to provide you support as you grow and manage the team who will save you time and earn both you and your business more. So come on over and join us in the Growing Your Team Facebook group and let's grow you the team that you need and deserve. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Your Team with your host, Jamie Van Kite. Be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com to connect, access the show notes, and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team.